I was out partying, drinking, festivals, raves, all those sorts of things. And then everything really changed when I got into an abusive relationship with my ex. And the abuse got worse and it, and it tends to always get worse for women at that stage when they fall pregnant or where they try to leave the relationship. Um, and I just remember calling my dad in tears one day and I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't drinking, like I wasn't doing anything. I was just a shell of a person. Everything was just taken away. Don't just talk it, walk it, walk it Don't we're on, we're on. Laura, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Good, nice little trip up today for you? It was easy, to be fair. Just four hours straight on one train, 20 minutes or 15 minutes on the next. And nice. I worked the whole way up, so productive. Win, win. Yeah. Do, do you like a little bit of a travel now and then? Do you know what? It's funny. When I was in the train station, I was thinking... I'm such a loner. I never go out. I never see people. I never do anything. And I was walking around and I was thinking, oh, I wonder what everyone's story is. So I was just mm. looking at people, you know, some people looked like they were happy and sad or they, you know, had children with them. And I was thinking, like, what happened to you today? Like, why do you look sad today? Or what are you celebrating? Like people watching? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a people but watcher. I'm such an empath that... I take on their energy. Mm. So then I was like, oh, this person looks really sad. And then I just felt really sad. And I was like, uh, oh, I want to go give them a hug. <laughs> it's tough, that, isn't it? That, that, that we were talking about before, um, energy and stuff yeah. like that. If, you, if, you've, if you're that type of that type of way in yourself that you feel everyone's energy, you've got to be mindful of how, how that goes as well then, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Well, we talk, we'll talk about journeys because you've been on a bit of a journey yourself. Yeah. You, know, uh, you were just saying earlier, you know, you've been in the, in the industry now of online coach working in particularly with women um but there's so much more about you than just that mm. i feel like your your journey is something that you've very much hardwired into mm. your brand as such mm -hmm. yeah. so for yourself how how could you break that down where where did it all stem from from you in this journey mm. oh that's such a good question and one that sometimes i find difficult to answer because i feel like there's so many pieces mm. to it um but I guess childhood was never, wasn't the easiest. I didn't have the best childhood. So growing up, there was always things that I really struggled with. Like I was severely anxious and I yeah, had yeah. no idea that I had anxiety until I was about 25, 26. Mm. And they were like, yeah, you have anxiety. And I was like, no, I don't. I just worry. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was all of these things that were so normal to me, which then meant, I was in loads of unhealthy relationships. I was constantly chasing highs. So, you know, from my early teens to my mid-20s was quite a wild time of, <laughs> time of life for me yeah, where yeah. I was out partying, drinking, festivals, raves, all those sorts of things. And then everything really changed when I got into an abusive relationship with my ex. Oh. Obviously didn't realise it at the time. Um, but I fell pregnant and then... We was keeping the baby. We were so happy. I desperately wanted this child. Um, I had endometriosis. At the time, I thought I had PCOS. So falling pregnant for me was like, this is going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. And then he changed his mind. He didn't want the baby anymore. And he didn't want me. And the abuse got worse. And it, and it tends to always get worse for women at that stage when they fall pregnant or where they try to leave the relationship. Um, and I just remember 
calling my dad in tears one day and I wasn't eating I wasn't sleeping I wasn't drinking like I wasn't doing anything I was mm. just a shell of a person and my dad was like Laura get in your car and come to Wales Wow. So my friend come over, she packed my car up with just clothes full of bin, in bin bags, whichever could fit in mm. my, my car at the time. And I drove to Wales. And that was all the belongings that I had. Everything else got left behind. And I went back and forth a long time, was in a lot of therapy, was in and out of the doctors, was in and out of the psych ward because my mental health declined so bad. Um, and I actually decided to not go ahead with the pregnancy in the Mm. end. Um, Although I was cornered into that decision, I still decided that I think that would have been the best thing at the time because I had nowhere to live. I had no job. My job was back in Hertfordshire, 200 miles away, so Mm. no income, no home. I couldn't afford to pay my car on finance. I couldn't look after myself. I was in the worst depression ever I was suicidal wow and I thought this isn't how I want my child to be brought into the world and I don't know how I'm going to even care for a child and I can't even care for myself Mm. so I did make the decision to go ahead with the termination and that was really the catalyst for everything Mm. that's when I started healing that's when I got into a lot of intense therapy started looking at myself and my identity like shattered then I didn't know who the hell I was I didn't know what hobbies I liked I didn't know how I liked to dress I didn't know anything everything that I knew was taken away from me my friends my my friends my family that were local to me there my job my gym you know my social groups everything was just taken away suddenly having nothing Wow. Yeah, it was like fuck. So, like, what age were you then? So, this is going back about four or five years now. So, I think I was about twenty six at the time. Twenty six. So, a lot going on in one, yeah. in one area. Then, <laughs> it's even for me to try, try and indulge all of that. Mm. Like, obviously, you've gone from a, an an outward looking mm-hmm. to inward looking. You mm-hmm. flipped the script when obviously the termination of mm. of the child, and is how do I say that? Then, obviously, abusive relationships. I'm fortunate I haven't been in one but from a woman's perspective it's probably a lot different to a male's perspective Mm. and is it that feeling of feeling trapped yeah I mean it was like a whirlwind romance and I take responsibility for my own part in this because I had no self-love I had Mm. no self-worth I didn't respect myself which is why I ultimately ended up in a relationship like that and this isn't to put blame onto anyone that is in those situations but again I think it's so empowering when we can actually realize and go, actually, I love myself now. Mm. I know what I'm worth. I know how to respect myself, my boundaries. I understand what's okay and what's not okay. So I'm never going to be in that situation again because I'm not that person that I was then. Um, So I'm not putting blame on me then, but there's definitely accountability and responsibility that I've taken for myself since. Um, but yeah, it all goes so quick. Like, it's a whirlwind. I, mm. He told me he loved me straight away, moved me in his house, gave me a key. Red flag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the time, I didn't know what love was. Because you said you were chasing you yeah. were chasing highs as well, yeah. right? So that's yeah. a massive high. Yeah, I didn't know what love was. I'd never been loved. I'd never been shown what love was, affection. Beforehand? Like yeah. family? Again, childhood was complicated. Uh, I don't have many memories, to be honest. Wow. I can't really remember much below the age of 13. So I can't really go into anything, but what I do know is that 
you know, healthy relationships weren't modeled to me. Cool. Um, my mum's from a Muslim country. So, you know, her upbringing okay. is different. My mum is Turkish. Uh, okay. My dad is Welsh. So I often get asked a lot, like, why have I never seen, like, this Disney movie or certain things like that? And it's like, well, because that wasn't the norm in a Muslim yeah. culture. So those things weren't pushed onto me. And mm. I get this so often. And I, I felt awful about myself for a while, thinking, like, why haven't I watched some of these childhood movies everyone's watched? Mm. And it's only recently that I realised, I was like, my mum didn't fucking know. She yeah. wasn't. She was fucking Turkish. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> so, the norm for her. So yeah, why, she why would on? why would she watch some of the movies that we watch here in the UK and tell yeah. me to watch them? Like, yeah, that's interesting. though. It's, it, obviously it's interesting and having that feeling of thirteen onwards, kind of having a bit of an awareness time then. Mm. Like one thing I'm always curious about when you talk about you know this situation with this fella, um, has it ever been a time of like getting clarity or closure towards this situation? Yeah, um, yeah, so I actually have nothing but love and empathy towards him, cool. and I wish him, honestly, like, all of the best for himself, and it's taken me a long time to be able to get to this point, that I can see that he had a whole load of trauma mm. that he hadn't dealt with, and he was an addict, so he was an alcoholic, he was a drug addict, but when we got together, I was on the rave scene. I was on the party scene. So you were kind of... Yeah, I was an enabler without realising it. Hmm. Um, so we'd done those things together. But as the relationship went on, it gradually got worse and worse and worse and more frequent and more frequent and was causing a lot of arguments between us. Um, so he was in a whole world of pain and his, you know, himself. And even, like, I think if someone's a narcissist or, you know, whatever, the worst people in the world... I still think that they're just people that haven't dealt with their trauma and that's the only way they know how to to manage and to survive. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, defend him, no. but I can understand why he was the way he is and I actually feel a lot of pain mm. for him. Um, and he's actually in prison now. So that's quite sad, but hopefully it's the best place for, for him yeah. to be. You never know in those situations, time and solitude mm -hmm. mm -hmm. kind of makes you sit with yourself more i've never been to prison but i mean time and solitude normally helps sit with yourself and address those things yeah. instead of just masking it with the rave we're partying with drugs with alcohol but it takes big balls from you as well to be able to you know hope for the best for that person mm. because i think the key element in a lot of things is is like kind of looking in third person or kind of seeing not your emotions or feeling your emotions mm. but actually listening to what they're saying or your awareness to the situation is like the, you know this is the he's he might have only been programmed this way yeah like, as in like this is what he's seen yeah so he has, knows no different yeah but that takes a lot of time to get to that stage to recognize that and, and be aware of that but mm. hell of a journey from you the law mm, i know when i look back and i think it's only been what four years it doesn't feel mm. like a long time because yeah. it's not really a long time mm. at all but if anything, it just really excites me and was why I'm so passionate about what I do because I know the place that I was at and I know where I'm at now. Mm. And, you know, I'm not a therapist, but I work so closely with my therapist still. I have done for four years now. We have a great relationship. I invest a lot into my own development, into mm. learning about myself, go into courses, go into groups, meditation, you know, all of this inward reflecting and everything that I teach my clients yeah. is what, 
I know works and helps and it's not about that quick fix it's it's the long game and we're both so aligned Mm. you know in that in the looking inward the mindfulness the meditation the reflection um yeah it's 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 amazing it's amazing to hear that and and that's another thing even with clients i'm always like if someone says i just want a one-off session like now go somewhere else then because you're not getting validation you're you you need at least minimum three months to even yeah. like the, let the seed plant in you and recognize this. But um, it's interesting you say that. But that's maybe why you're the, probably the perfect candidate to do what you're doing, Law, because you've experienced something mm-hmm. that's very traumatic. Mm-hmm. And then now you're comfortable enough to be like, hey, I, I'm going to talk about myself mm-hmm. and be okay with that to make you okay with you. Yeah. And you know what I find so interesting as well is before I publicly spoke about um, going through the termination and everything, once that my first, oh gosh, if anyone listens to my first two podcasts on my channel, it's basically me me just like crying my eyes out, like a heartfelt mm. podcast. I was like, I need to just get this off my chest. This is my story. Cool. This is my journey. Um, so I feel really embarrassed now thinking <laughs> about it. But hey, it's in the moment and it's real and it's authentic. Mm. And, it, and off the back of those two episodes... I had so many messages from my clients and people that aren't my clients who have been through the exact same experience. Mm. And around 25% of my clients had been through the same experience, yet we never spoke about it and we were drawn to each other. And I just find Mm. that so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful, that is. Yeah. It makes you realise then, they were like, well, whoa, we've got areas now that we can delve into Mm -hmm. even more Mm -hmm. and connect and understand and and break those barriers within ourselves but even with that now though you seem to never stop like you this weekend you just come from a <laughs> retreat yeah how was that amazing and uncomfortable and challenging mm. and draining all at the same time i was just about to say that whenever you do something like this right away you look within and mm. you're with, willing to break a few boundaries of yourself or barriers of yourself you tend to start to feel exhausted yeah. it's like a moment of exhaustion because you've done a lot of work and mm-hmm. then after that then it's like Oh, okay, I'm back now. I'm back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that, yeah. You gotta you gotta socially check out for a bit. Yes, definitely. And I just get so drained so easily as well. Mm. I'm a massive introvert, uh, a massive loner. I spend all of my time on my own. But yeah, the weekend, I hadn't put. Normally, I get really anxious before I go away, and this come up, and I was like, oh, I haven't been anxious once. Like, I haven't thought about being anxious. This is really good and interesting. And I went with my friend Jamie, and funnily enough, it's actually the first time we met. Um, We met online on Instagram, and we've been doing Zooms and, you know, speaking constantly. And I'm like, we're soul sisters. Mm. We're we're just so, like, meant to have crossed paths. So we booked to go to this retreat together, first time we met, and yeah, it was just like amazing. Yeah, like we've there was no time between us. We've always known each other, and I actually said, I was like, Jamie, this is really weird. Just stood in my kitchen right now, <laughs> like you're actually here. You're in not person. for a screen anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we went there together, and anxiety the first day when I got there I was like oh shit okay here's the anxiety what from being around so many people or what to expect yeah all of it from being away from home not having my comforts Mm. um and I've been doing a lot of inner healing at the moment the last month has been pretty draining for me um lots of things have sort of come up so to then go and do a retreat whilst I'm dealing with all of that stuff and I'm low on energy as it is 
pushed me out of my comfort zone yeah, yeah. and the anxiety crept in on the first night. But I was like, Laura, you've done harder things. Yeah. You've done way harder things. You can do this. Mm. And I woke up the next day and I was like, I can fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's the mindset there though. <laughs> yeah. I think the mindset, sometimes our mind, our ego sometimes wants to comfort us. Yeah. And knows, hey, we're big exhausted or this is going to be big for us or the anxiety of what we don't know what's going to happen they play a massive factor in actually we are still capable of doing a lot mm -hmm. of things like you can break any break any barrier down if you really wanted mm -hmm. to but i think it's yeah sometimes i've had you know obviously uh, we were originally meant a podcast i've had some people sometimes that have struggled like i'm knackered today i'm this that and the other but you've had the best and they've pushed through and you have like the best podcast mm -hmm. or episode because you're like it's pure it's like yeah. them not holding on anymore it's like releasing themselves and i think you doing this weekend is probably mm. part of that as well yeah and I, I think there's also like elements of your subconscious mind mm. wanting to keep you quote unquote safe yeah i'm because things like that are hard 100 percent are really hard and it's like oh fuck i gotta confront some things about myself that maybe i weren't ready for or mm. weren't expecting um but after the first day um, you know, there was like an opening ceremony, there was a women's connection circle, wow. there were other group settings, um, and you met everyone properly. Mm. It was like, oh, nice. I'm safe. Everyone here is lush. Yeah. They're going to look after me. If I'm not okay, I'm going to be looked after. This is where I need to be, if anything, if I'm not okay. And I used to have, so back four years ago I went through a phase of having pseudo seizures which looked like epileptic fits wow from anxiety no way yeah it was where my like mental health just depleted and my nervous system couldn't cope with everything that was going on so I was in and out of a and E. I was having like 20 pseudo seizures a time um and sometimes when I do a lot of deep work like this and I do a lot of meditation my nervous system relaxes and I'll often twitch, so maybe I might twitch for this uh, now. Okay. So if I do anything like this, <laughs> that's what it is. I can't help it. It's better to let it out than mm. in. Um, but they were coming up this weekend for me when we was doing some shamanic journeys. We were doing some meditation. And the first thing to go is like my hand. Okay. And I used to feel a lot of shame around it. Mm. But this weekend, I was like, you know what? This is the place I need to let this happen because this energy needs to move. Yeah being stuck and stagnant inside of me is not going to help me it's going to probably make me worse and it was just so beautiful to be able to be be exactly as I am in that moment wow. and no one to judge me and if anything I had so much support I had people that had experienced similar things like help me work through it and the connections that we all built which is mm. so much so much deeper because I was not afraid to be like, hey, this is who I am. I'm a little bit fucked up, but it's hard. <laughs> we're all a bit fucked up. Yeah. I think we're all just trying to be perfect. We're, we're never going to be perfect, but we're always trying to become perfect. Yeah. But actually becoming perfect involves you becoming vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And vulnerable connects, makes community. Mm -hmm. And then when you realize that when you're in these circles, for instance, then you realize, hey, we're all the same. Hey, yeah. we're all going through something. <laughs> or hey, we're all trying to better ourselves. But as soon as you just gotta we gotta let the walls down a little bit and um yeah. I think I think vulnerability is a key of true connection. Mm. And I actually wrote um on the train up here a post about some of my lessons um from the weekend and one of them was like everyone is dealing with their own shit. 
literally yeah. everyone. Mm. And being in a space like that this weekend where everyone did just share their shit yeah. that they were going from, through, it was liberating and beautiful mm. because it was like, wow. Like, I feel honoured that these people felt comfortable to share this in my space. I felt honoured that they held space yeah, for yeah. me. And it's just really um, humbling, mm. I think. And you said something a second ago, uh, which reminded me of the conversation we just had setting the cameras <laughs> up. And I was like, oh, I'm not bothered. I'm easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was lining the cameras up. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You, yeah. and you said, oh, I don't mind. Because no, I thought maybe, you know, you some women want a certain angle. Yeah. They look a certain way. But you're like, no, no, I'm easy. And that, that was a bit of a light bulb moment for me then. Because I was like, oh, wow. I thought, you know, or maybe you do want everything 100% perfect, bro. Yeah. yeah no, it's pretty uh, powerful. Yeah, I'm like, oh, fuck it now. Like, like I said to you beforehand, I've got um, a talking event coming up next week. And a lot of the speakers dress very glamorous. Mm. The host will be very glamorous. Mm. And I felt so out of my comfort zone the first time I went to this networking event. Because I was like, fuck, I don't dress like these. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't wear makeup. I don't do anything like that. And I decided for my networking event, I'm just going to turn up in my gym kit because mm. when I'm comfortable, I'm confident. Yeah. And this is how I am like 90% of the time. Yeah. Why change it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've done the same. I've been gone to, a, I did a talking event two, three weeks ago and I was like, do I put a button up on? Do I, put a, <laughs> I haven't put a button up on in ages. Like a wedding, I think the last time I put, <laughs> but before that I wouldn't put one on. And then I thought, why would I change who I am? Yeah. If these are ever to potentially get to know me more, I, I ain't going to be like, oh, just let you know, I don't normally wear this fake Rolex or this button. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is yeah. who I am. I, I wear a Garmin watch and you'll see me normally in running shoes or something or yeah. like in jeans or something. But uh, it's it's cool because you've got to be more yourself, yeah. haven't you? But yeah. it's um a pretty amazing. I want to ask you as well, regarding like, so the, maybe our listeners will be listening and wondering like, what is inner work? Mm -hmm. What does that look like to someone? And, and because there's, when we talk about, oh, you know, we're all going through something or we're all battling something. Um, what does that look like to someone then, for instance? Oh, that's a good question. Not one I've actually thought about mm. before. But for me, inner work is developing self-awareness. Mm. Because if we don't have self-awareness, then how we can't make change. Because yeah. we're not even open to areas we need to improve on. And I think the biggest thing is is the self-awareness of your habits, your behaviours, your thoughts. And if you can really learn to master your thoughts and yeah, control yeah. your mind, then, and I think you'll probably agree with this as well, that's where all the change will really mm. stem from. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, but the type of inner work that I do is a lot of meditation. Yeah, yeah. I've found meditation really challenging for a good few years but it's like in the last year, it's just clicked. I'm mm. like, oh, I get it now. I yeah. can I can meditate. Yeah. So much resistance yeah. to begin with. It was so uncomfortable, as it is for most people. Yes. And I think, and you may come across this as well, a lot of people might say, I can't meditate, it's not for me. Mm. And what I actually think that is, is they find it too uncomfortable. It's not that mm. they can't and it's not that it won't work for them, but it's really uncomfortable to begin with if you have such a busy mind. 100%. And in you have to sit with your feelings. Like, if you're anxious, there's no way of avoiding the anxiety. You've got yeah. to literally feel that anxiety in your body mm. and deal with it. 100%. I just see it like a bottle. You fill the bottle up, right, and it's right to the brim, and that's your stress levels. 
But if you if that bottle's full and it's right to the brim and you're not like sitting with it mm. or addressing or yeah, like just sitting with it sometimes, that pop will happen on like triggers on you might blow out on your staff member or a friend or a girlfriend or a boyfriend over nothing. Mm-hmm. Really, what it was was that you just didn't sit with any of these things in this bottle. But it doesn't have to be crazy things. I think some people think, "Oh, it's it's something that happened when I was a kid." That, that like, no, it's probably the fact that you you you've got a couple maybe of bills that you haven't sat with all month, <laughs> yeah. And you 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 haven't and you you haven't responded back to your boss. You've got a couple of emails you haven't read. You miss you missed a call of a client in that day. Before you know it, it's like layer, layer, yeah. layer, layer, layer. Okay, pop. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and and, and don't get me wrong, the the word. When I say the word trauma, like it is legitimate, we need to like look within us sometimes on that area, and that's no disrespect. I remember saying this to Callum the other day about it. He was talking about trauma, mm. and I said the word trauma for me is like, like I used to think it is like child abuse yeah. or um, termination yeah. of a child or rape. Yeah, that's trauma for me. So I changed the word to just like not trauma is just more like. Dressing your shit. Yeah, because, yeah. Because cause the word trauma might mean so many different things to someone else. Because some people might listen to this and be like, what else is... Oh, I haven't got trauma. Mm. It's like, no, it's just addressing your shit. Mm, it is. In yeah. um, in a hot, in a child healing, they call them like little T's. Well, ah, it's not even just cool. a little child. In, in a child healing, they say that, but they're like little T's. Mm. So a little T might be an example of... When you were growing up, maybe your dad worked all the time, yeah. so your dad was emotionally unavailable. Mm. So you didn't get affection and that emotional connection from your dad. So when you grow up, you will then start to look for emotionally unavailable men subconsciously. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be a big, you know, a big T, a big trauma, yeah. but it can be little T's like that that happen in childhood. Maybe, um, you know, maybe your mum was really explosive and your dad was never around. Yeah. So that's not. Yeah, yeah. that traumatic yeah. but as a child that is growing from you know a, a tiny toddler to develop in their brain mm. um i was i can't remember what book i was reading the other day but they used the example of um let's say you didn't tidy your bedroom when you was asked to tidy your bedroom as a six-year-old and then behind the scenes mum and dad have been arguing they're they're going towards a breakup. You've got no idea because you're a six-year-old child. Of course, yeah. Then one day dad doesn't come home on the day that you don't clean your bedroom and tidy your bedroom. As a child, you internalise that as, I didn't tidy my bedroom, my dad doesn't love me, he left me. Mm. And this is like where all of these subconscious imprints happen. And they take that into adult life. Yeah. And then that's how we can become people Mm. pleasers and neglect our own needs because then we think, oh, well, I have to do this thing otherwise my parents aren't going to love me yeah and then as we get older we start to have to think about friends that we go to school with our teachers our work colleagues our romantic partners our social groups so then you can start to mimic those people pleasing tendencies yeah. in all of those relationships and that doesn't mean you had the most traumatic childhood no. but it can have a significant impact 100%. if you don't address your shit 100 <laughs> gotta address your shit yeah when you said that then i was thinking about i used to be a bad people pleaser and hey i still notice the little trait now and then but then Me you too. then you, you go, oh okay i remember that now yeah or you like i remember stages where i go I'm, i want to help everyone yeah. so you're willing to put them ahead of you 
But then if you don't become aware of those situations, like going, oh, hang on, I'm I'm doing that again. Yeah. That's all it is. I'm doing that again. And then you go, okay, I need to change that now. Yeah. Like you're aware of it. It's awareness to everything. Like I think if you're not aware, you're, you, you're a... You're a prisoner to your own thoughts, you know. You're a prisoner to your own beliefs. Mm-hmm. So that for me is awareness. So I, mm. I like, for instance, I remember mum and dad growing up. Mum in particular, like she is one of the most selfless people I know. So yeah. she puts everyone ahead of her. So then you pick up. You could potentially. I definitely picked up that trait. And then you realize as you get older, you go, "Oh well, why do I feel shitty about this now?" Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just re- recognizing that. So for me, it was like writing it down, journaling on it. And why mm. I why I was always catching myself doing this, mm-hmm. and then the the penny drop moment. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's the people pleaser in you. Yeah. Why am I feeling exhausted when I do certain things? So it's a awareness of situations, but you know that's growth, and we all got stuff like that we need to address. Um, and I think yeah, if you want to move forward in life, in business, and especially mm. as ourselves working for ourselves, you've got to put boundaries in place yep. because you're you're doing a lot of work for other people mm-hmm. but if you're not recognizing that in yourself or working on yourself or protecting your energy as they say mm-hmm. then you you're you're never really going to move forward yeah you know what that's one thing i think i'm pretty good at now mm. is making sure that i do prioritize myself and protecting my energy like even because we was meant to do this podcast a few weeks ago right. yeah, yeah. and my period was the worst period I've had in a long time. Like, I get really bad fatigue beforehand, but that week it was just like I was knocked out. Mm. And part of me was like, you can just get on with it and push through it. The other part of me was like, Laura, you really need to just honour yourself and yeah. give yourself what you need right now. And Ollie will understand. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. It will be okay. And if he doesn't understand, Tough well, fuck shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> Tough shit. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I've gotten pretty good at that. Good. It was it was, unco- it was uncomfortable and it still is. Like I still mm. felt when I went to message you, I could see the people pleaser in me coming mm. out. I was like, I need to over explain every single yeah, detail. No. And I was like, No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I think my response was like, Yeah, no, I can't yeah, feel your pain because I've never had a period. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all good. Let's reschedule it. Like <laughs> literally. But that anxiety that people get from that though yeah. is like too much for some people, yeah. you know. But it would have been too much at one stage. Yeah. But then it's like, again, it's like that awareness to the situation. Yeah. And also, I really try to um, mimic healthy boundaries because mm. I want other people to be able to do the same to me. Yeah. So if you were like, do you know what, Laura, I'm low on energy today. Like, mm. I really just need to reschedule. Absolutely. I want you to have the space where you can do that because the last thing I want is anyone to do something that they don't want to mm. do. Um, so I think it's important if you can do that yourself, then you give other people permission to do yeah. the same back. It's interesting you say that. I've had a male, an elder male, an older female. Uh, one of the key focuses was in saying no to things. Mm. And it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And then we got to the stage where we were just coming to the end of, of the, you know, the, the program they were on. And I said something to them, oh, you know, you've got this do. Or no, not this do. Would you like to do this? And he's like, no, I'm going to practice what I preach now and I'm going to say no to you. And I was like, well... <laughs> well done you passed you know what I mean but (laughs) it was was a moment where I couldn't argue and be like mate come on or the lady you need to but it was like no no you've you've ticked every box like it's yeah that's valid so it was like a bit of a happy moment for me but yeah no no is a key element to so many people in it but it's uh it's interesting all of this is interesting and I think it's a new new way of thinking too you know 
like the you you very much are looking at what you're doing and where you're at now. It's a very holistic approach mm. to everything in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you you know I look at like the coaching industry, mm. and there's so many like body transformation coaches, mm. all these quick fixes. Yeah, and they never last. No. But the reason they sell and they do really well is because it's exciting to think, oh my God, I can get this amazing result really quickly. But I didn't get my results really quickly in the gym Mm. and outside of the gym. You know, I've been going to the gym for 10 years. I've been weight training for 10 years. Some people might look at me and think, Laura, you should probably have some more muscle if you've been training for 10 years. And it's like, no, I'm enjoying life. I've got good balance. I eat how much I want to eat. I don't... My life's not dictated and mm. controlled by food. And then holistically, if you have a healthy... In order to have a healthy body, and I mean like a truly healthy body, you actually have to have a healthy mind. Because yeah. I know before I probably looked healthy on mm. the outside because I was in a slim body, you know. But I wasn't fit. I couldn't run 5K. I'm living off of takeaways, McDonald's. Mm. I weren't meditating. I was in this destructive mode. I was drinking, doing drugs, out partying, all of this crazy stuff. So I wasn't healthy, but I was going to the gym. I was practicing those good habits. But when I went through the termination of the baby and I really sort of assessed what was important and the thing that that got me through that, it was fitness. Yeah. Um, it gave me a purpose to wake up. Yeah. Gave me a reason to get out of the house because I didn't have a job. I had no money, so I couldn't go and do anything. I didn't see people. Um, I eventually got into my own flat, which now, but obviously I live on my own, so I wouldn't see people. Mm. I wouldn't need to get dressed. I wouldn't need to eat. I yeah. wouldn't need to sleep. So fitness was the anchor for me that gave mm. me a reason to start doing those things. And the more I done them, you know, I got myself off of the drugs. I got myself like the so I was addicted to benzocaine. What's benzocaine? Sorry, like a diazepam. Okay, yeah, diazepam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah. make you real drowsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was prescribed them from my doctor, and I was on sleeping pills Fuck. and all, yeah, all sorts. And I was just in so much pain, just so much pain. I just couldn't bear any of it. So I got given diazepams, and I got given sleeping pills. And then before you know it, I was like, this shit is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you hooked to the shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't feel anything. Mm. I don't feel anything. So for a good year, I was addicted to wow. like diet pams and I was taking stupid amounts and I was drinking on it. Shit. Yeah. It's like a massive recipe that is a yeah. disaster, drinking diazepams. I remember there was one occasion... I was like, fuck, I think I need to go to hospital. Mm. I was like, I've done so much diazepam. I've drank, him, drank so much wine. Yeah, well. Yeah, that was a wake-up call. I was like, shit, I can't do this. Mm. And then I remember I was talking to my therapist about wanting to stop it for a while. And then one day, I had a session with her. I was like, I haven't drank for two weeks. Like, what? I was like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, it just clicked. I just haven't drank for two weeks. Obviously, coming off of the benzos was different. You can't just suddenly go cold turkey because mm. you get awful withdrawal symptoms. So I needed to like withdraw myself off of those. Um, weaned myself off of my antidepressants as well. So I think I was only on those for around a year in the end. Oh. I've just found all the medication numbed me to everything. Yeah. I didn't feel anything, the good or the bad. So I weaned myself off of everything. And, and then I started to do more of this inward work which was the journaling, yeah, nice. the meditation, the going to sound baths, mm. the taking up hobbies, which I wouldn't have done before. And also a big thing for me was being creative. 
Yeah. Um, again, I don't have memories in childhood, but I'm sure if we was to track something back down to childhood, I probably wasn't able to express myself creatively because mm. uh, I didn't dance, I didn't sing, I couldn't draw, I didn't do anything that required creativity. Mm. I felt so uncomfortable. Um, I remember my therapist, one of our first sessions, asked me to draw my family. I refused. Wow. Really? She was like, it can be stick people. I was like, nope. And I point blank refused. Wow. I was so anxious about actually having to draw something. But just the thought of trying to draw? Yeah. Or the yeah, yeah, just, no, wow. so uncomfortable, cannot do that. That's Can't a bit be. like me when I write. When someone says, um, <laughs> write something down, I'm left-handed, my, my writing is fucking atrocious. <laughs> Every time, I'm feeling like burning eyes on the back of my head when I write, but I just... <laughs> You own it, but yeah, I, yeah, that's probably, sorry to interrupt your story, no, no. but that's what I was thinking, I was like, that's like me when I write. <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable, right? Uh. But um, So a big part of that was then going to art classes, mm. was getting colouring books for at home, was making a dream board, was yeah. doing all of these things that required me to be creative, um, and I was... I, I tried hard like I really tried okay like I hated these situations I was putting myself in but I didn't stop mm. because I knew what if I didn't stop I would stay exactly where I was yeah. and that was terrifying and the only way <laughs> to move through it is to literally like move through it mm. face it head on deal with the challenging situations because once you've gone through it once you're like I can do this again yeah yeah you've built the confidence the resilience you've shown yourself actually I am the person that can do hard things I can push through this but um, I started going to sound baths probably around 18 months ago, maybe a bit longer now. And the sound baths that I go to are like shamanic journeys and um, not all of them, but some of them. So a lot of it to begin with is about grounding yourself and getting you in your body. So you'll see people like shaking like this, oh, wow. maybe just like moving, dancing, expressing themselves before you go into the meditation because you really just want to be in your body for that cool. meditation. I would sit awkwardly in that room and watch everyone else do it. And I would just sit there and I'd be like, I'm just waiting for the meditation. Wow. Yeah. 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 This is going probably over a year. I would just sit and not move. Then at the end of it, everyone would be able to like pick a rattle or a drum or some instruments or, or something like that to play with. And we'd just have like some free play with instruments. Mm. Some, some of people that have beautiful voices. So they would sing beautiful experience now i can fully immerse myself and enjoy it yeah, yeah yeah back then i would sit in silence and i would be so uncomfortable but i kept going every week because someone inside you was yeah. telling you to yeah. i kept going and i kept looking at these people thinking fuck i want to be free like you was it a fear of looking silly yeah 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 it's like oh i can't do that yeah. i'm not the sort of person to dance to play yeah. let loose that's not me yeah. i'm uptight yeah <laughs> uptight and then if the only time we've ever been like that is having a drink in yeah. our hand and exactly it's okay now we're all a bit drunk it's like yeah and this is the joke me and my therapist have oh you're, you're not drunk or anything then laura yeah yeah <laughs> are, are you okay <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting isn't it but it's so true like I'm, i remember like for instance the first ever time i think i picked my phone up and started talking to the phone yeah. or walking down the street talking you know it's that fear of looking stupid but reality was i had to and a lot of us we have to get over ourselves yeah. like legit is like get over yourself yeah because um, everyone, 90% of the time, so many people are caught up in their own thoughts, their own whatever they're doing, that they're not really that fussed about you. 10% is like, well, what's he doing? But then they get over it. It's like a fish. But that's the thing. And then I look at these women and these people that are in the events that I'm going to, and I'm inspired by them. Mm. 
I'm like, I wish I didn't give a shit like you. I wish I had the confidence just to move my body like you. Mm. So if they are looking at you, they're probably looking at you for good reasons. Yeah. Like, like I'm inspired. They're supporting you. Yeah. Like realistically, they're looking at you going, I just wish you'd come dance with us or yeah. shake with us, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good to have these women's spaces though. Like I think um, there's so much now on men's mental health a lot. Mm. And I just think, Women are, it, it, it's interesting me, right? Because I think women are very more like talkative to do these things, but maybe it's just because I'm a male, but I see more of these mental health spaces or, you know, men's groups. But I'm like, where's the, where's the women's groups? And, but maybe yeah. they are just not looking. Yeah, I mean, they definitely are. They're, they're, I feel like they're hidden mm. because for so long I was like, where do I find these? So, where did you find this sound? sound? So, this was from a friend of a friend. I started to go get Reiki done. Mm. And she told me about these sound baths. So I went along with her mm. and then I found that one. And then I started to get in with like the community and I'm a very spiritual person. Um, so I started to get in with like all of these spiritual groups and these connections and then you just find them. Yeah, They're not like, you can't, I don't really know what you would type in Google to go yeah, and find yeah. them because they're often just things that are like word of mouth. Um, so yeah, so I just started hearing these things from attending one, mm. then someone else mentioning something else, and now my Facebook algorithm is very good at recognizing yeah. what groups I like. <laughs> it starts seeing you're liking this or you're talking about this. I'm sure the phones pick up what you're talking oh, about. Oh, hundred percent. Are you? Um, have you done any like psychedelics or anything? So I've microdosed on mushrooms. Mm. I've not had a full ceremonial trip, but I am going soon. Cool. Um, I've just been trying to find like the right facilitator for it because. Yeah. Back in the day, I would have gone to raves. I would have done pills, candy, all sorts, without any intention behind it. You know, the sole purpose was just to get pretty fucked up at a rave and have a great time. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I had amazing times at those raves. Some of my best memories I've made. Yeah. But I actually respect the plant medicine now Mm. and appreciate what it does. And I see the profound effects it has on people. So I microdosed. I think I probably got my dose a little bit high. Because <laughs> when I microdosed, I was like, shit, Laura, you can't go out in public. <laughs> my brain was going 100 miles an hour and I felt like I couldn't get my words out yeah, yeah, as yeah. quick as what my brain was making yeah. sentences. So I got a little bit paranoid with yeah. that. But creativity, productivity, yeah. my focus, flow state mm. changed. Yeah. It was really amazing. Um, have you? Yeah, yeah, I've done. I've done bits and bobs not i'm not saying i'm i know some people who are flat out but um i've yeah i've done mushrooms before and i remember i did it did it through bacon alex alex passed them on to me it was like these chocolate mushrooms and i and it was like on the packet it was like one to three chocolates was microdose three to five was trip uh, like you know a therapeutic and then anything onto that you're you're tripping balls how did you do i think i did like (laughs) just on the cusp of tripping balls (laughs) and therapeutic but i remember doing it and i was i um (laughs) i did it and i thought i've taken these chocolates now um i'll just go for a little walk let my digestive system break in and i went too bothered on your own yeah 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 i did it on my own so and then i did the walk and i remember walking to um walking back home and as I was walking to my building, there's, um, there was this car parked up and this guy come out and he must have been jogging, but he had his hands like this. He was running like this, like Phoebe or friends. And I was like, oh, am I tripping yet? Is it kicked in? <laughs> and I remember my legs, it felt like my legs just went a little bit like um, weakish. And then I went, into, I went upstairs, went into my room and I just lied on my bed 
And um, if for me, it was more about for clarity on business. Mm-hmm. I wanted a bit more clarity on. I had so many visions on my 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 coaching, my mindset um, that with the podcast, and I was like, where am I going next? Where, where's the next step? How is this going to align? And it literally like just kind of mi- helped me figure out my journey, mm. my path with work, um, and give me more clarity. And I, I I think everyone should do it. You know. Yeah, I think everyone should do it because it's uh, the only reason why people think don't want to do it because it's been outlined to everyone that like you could come, you might not return, no, it's fine. you might lose yourself. But I'm like, hang on, you'll take coke off a dealer you don't know has been probably cut so many times. Yeah. You'll take MDMA or you'll take speed from a random guy in the toilet, but it's something that comes from the ground you won't take. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, without going too much into it, I, I had a great yeah. great trip. I woke up the next day like nothing happened and I was like okay and I just wrote down all my vision yeah mapped it down and I was like okay this is this works well for me um, but that's why for me I want to have someone to facilitate it yeah, for yeah. me because I don't have memories of childhood mm. and there have been little teas big teas you yeah, know yeah, yeah. throughout my life so just in case something happens yeah yeah, yeah. I want to feel just supported and safe and comfortable mm. in that environment but I also think like if something comes up that is unpleasant yeah yeah it's necessary for you to move forward because that's what your subconscious mind is teaching you that you need to deal with. Like, that's your block. Mm. And until you deal with your blocks, you're not going to progress forward. And I was speaking to my therapist about this yesterday um, because I've realised how important my inner child healing is. Mm. And that's now my priority going forward, my inner child. And... In order for us to be in alignment, um, because I listened to a woman called Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks, not sure if you're familiar. Um, She's a spiritual teacher and she always talks about, I'm reading one of her books called The Vortex. She always talks about when you are in alignment, no one else can bother you. Mm. So let's say your family get on your nerves. Okay, and you find them really overwhelming and stressful. If you are in alignment, they will not get on your nerves. Yeah. Your partner will not irritate you. You will always just see the good without it being toxic positivity and toxic Mm. good. So the more I'm going on this path, I'm like, right, I'm understanding more what it means to actually be in alignment. And in order to be in alignment with yourself, you need to address the dark. Mm. You you know, we all have those shadow aspects of ourselves. We don't like it. Mm. We're all ashamed of it. We don't want everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... um, I call one of my archetypes is the bitch. So on Sunday, after I come back from the retreat, I was doing my food shopping and I felt really low, drained on energy. A lot of stuff was brought up for me over the weekend. I said, for fuck's sake, why is this fucking person left their trolley right in the middle on a Sunday Mm. in the the aisle? And I thought, whoa, Laura, you don't think like that. That was my, that was my bitch (laughs) coming out. Yeah. Exhausted. Probably maybe asleep to probably haven't eaten normal. Like so many things happen. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, but She's when you but but when you can be aware of your dark sides and you can embrace it yeah. and you know and all of these other archetypes that we have you can move forward with mm. yourself and show yourself compassion because it would have been easy for me to have just gone in that downward spiral of negative thoughts. Yeah. But because I practice self-awareness and I know what it feels like to feel really good all the time. I knew that that Sunday was a bad day for me. I weren't yeah. feeling my best self. So I could step back and be like, okay, who is 
out of all of my archetypes, yeah. who's running the show today? Yeah, which one's on today then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you, you have them for all sorts of things. And this is a relatively new concept that I'm sort of working with. Um, so I'm not that well-versed in archetypes, but I just found that really interesting yeah. to look yeah, back. Yeah, that's cool. I, I have... I. I haven't. I just know sometimes I need to sleep or I need some food yeah, yeah. or I need to um, yeah, check out for a moment or, you know, like oh, I'm burning both ends of the candle you a little bit or if, you know, I think we all, yeah, it's just labeling it more to each, each ourselves understanding mm. on situations, you know, I'm, I'm very big on, you know, the self reflection, self reflection, but at the same time, right, what I've realized is the more I go into the past for too long, mm. the more you feel disempowered as well. You might lose confidence. You might lose, you might feel less of yourself. So I'm very big on aware of it, checking in on times and addressing it on times when I need to, but I don't stay there for too long. Yeah. Because for me, it's like, I got shit to get done. Mm-hmm. Ollie's got so much more potential to go. Yeah. So if I keep looking in the past, my neck's going to fucking hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be like constantly looking in the past. So I'm like, no, no, I've got so much to offer still. Like there's so much goodness in me. There's the energy that I can provide for myself, for others, mm. for what I do. I got to make sure that that's good too. Mm. Um, but I'm very big on all of these. Everything you're talking about, I think is perfect. Mm. And I think everyone needs to address their shit as such, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a cool space to be in. And it's really funny, you know, where you find yourself in, in the sports industry, essentially, right, as a coach. Mm-hmm. But it's like you've not pigeonholed yourself a mm. coach. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. you've opened up so many doors for yourself. You, you're the holistic, you're the yeah. inner child. You've got you've got amazing women's groups. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're... you're um, you're more than just a, hey, here's your program. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't even really know what category I'd put yeah. myself in, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting. It? Like someone said to me, what is your, the title of what you do? I was like, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> mentor, mindset coach, this, that. They ever be like, realistically, it's addressing, addressing your shit and getting yeah. stuff in, in order, getting your action going. But yeah, I think that sometimes a lot of coaches, like the guy you just spoke to yeah. earlier, Callum, I'm like, man. Interesting guy. Yeah, he's a top fella. He's a really good fella, but. That, that's a massive thing as well is your environment your, mm-hmm. my environment plays a massive effect on where i'm going mm-hmm. next my next move if i'm um, around people who are not leveling up or not wanting to talk about creative things um, mm-hmm. then i'm not going to be leveling up i'm going to yeah. be gossiping and and that's a key element too i find is if you ever find yourself in little circles or you probably definitely did at one stage mm-hmm. as i definitely have where you go oh, we're gossiping about something right now and you think at the time oh this feels good then you leave the conversation, you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. And you're like, hey, that's not cool. Or, or that's not cool. Or like, yeah. that's the, the awareness to go that I need to check out of those conversations. I need to, not saying that there's, you can't hang out with those people, mm. but maybe standing up for what you believe in, mm-hmm. standing what's not right. You yeah. Know? Well, this is something I speak about quite often because once you go down this journey of self-development and healing and bettering yourself, it can get really lonely. Yeah, yeah. Because we're in the minority right now that mm. actually think like us, that do the things like us, that take the risks, that invest in themselves and have the conversations that that we have. And I find it difficult to integrate with people mm. that don't have conversations like this, which is why I think I spend most of my time on my own. Yeah, yeah. But it can be really lonely. Mm. And that's why I think it's so important that you do find your community. Like... Mm. I found my communities for myself. And that's why I 
coach the way I do coach yeah. it's because you need a community to heal and have you ever read the book the body keeps the score or the or body keeps keep, the score yeah. no I haven't. Uh, amazing book all about trauma and how trauma <laughs> is stored in yeah, our yeah, body yeah. there's a paragraph in there where the the woman has wrote uh, this woman's wrote a letter to her therapist she'd if I remember correctly she'd either had sexual abuse or lost a baby or okay. something like that and she said I have found through Pilates, I have found my deepest healing because I've strengthened my core and I'm surrounded by other women. Wow. And I was like, that just hit me because that is what fitness is to me. It's like, you know, I went through all of that pain of losing my baby, being mm. disconnected to my body, to then actually being like, I know I didn't birth my baby. She's with me every single day. But fitness, uh, but, sorry, but, but losing the baby then made me and being pregnant like knowing I was pregnant feeling all of the symptoms of pregnancy mm. really made me think wow isn't our body incredible oh yeah like what it actually can do it can grow a human it actually weirds me out thinking we can grow a human yeah. <laughs> and then we can produce food to keep yeah. that human alive makes you think right yeah inc insane absolutely insane so I have all of this like newfound appreciation for my body then going through the termination you know I needed to be strong I needed to build myself up again and fitness was a thing that made me feel strong mm. and I found healing by connecting with other women in circles and, and other groups and I was like, I need to integrate this. <laughs> yeah. My coaching needs to have all of these components. Your message. Yeah. So that's what we've created, a community where women can come together exactly as they are and heal. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. How, for people out there, right, obviously, you, you know, you have a big following, you build a great brand. Like for someone out there that was wanting to build a brand, mm. like what are the key components or things you look for in building your yeah. brand, essentially? Like any little gems you can pass on to someone? I would say just being authentic and true to yourself. Mm. The more authentic you are, the more that you will attract the right type of people because even this is something that I'm battling with now and I said this to you earlier about trying to integrate all of these parts of myself where I've gone through healing for so long and then it's like the Laura you see today is the Laura that was underneath all of that stuff always yeah. but just never got the chance to come out. So it can be difficult to integrate. But the more I'm speaking my truth the more I'm connecting on such a deeper level with the women that I work with, you know, would I be here, sat here having mm. this conversation with you if we wasn't connected by Correct. a mutual friend? Or, you know, I think it might have even been last year at the start of Correct. the year when we Correct. first sort of like got introduced to each other. So I think the more authentic you can be, the more you can own yourself and be brave enough to say, actually, this is what I stand for. These mm. are my values. Beautiful. The more you just create a brand that feels good, not forced. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to fake something. And for me, I think this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. It's got to be in line with my integrity. And also getting clear on your values. Like, mm. if you don't know what your values are, you don't know where you're going in life. <laughs> yeah, you need your own values for sure. Mm. If you don't have that, you're, 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 you're going to be walked over by mm. many people. Yeah. What, what would you add to that? So you're what to... To building a brand. Because obviously... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing uh, a great job as well. Uh, well. Thank you. I think just following people who are in line with you as well. I think removing your ego mm. and removing your ego and, and, and uh, who inspires you you know see what their niches are but more find your own niche like you're talking about and just ripping the 
getting over myself. You've got to get over yourself. As soon as you can get over yourself and stop playing the card of, I can't do this because of so-and-so. I can't do this because oh, I've, I'm busy all the time. I can't yeah. do this because I haven't got the time or I can't do it because of finances. It's like bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. You can do this. You've got a phone. Start You started <laughs> there. Video yourself. Hey, my name is Ollie. I'm a mindset coach. Mm-hmm. I work with this type of people. If you would like, if you are interested, reach out. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. Next thing, then take. I don't know. You know, that's the start, yeah. right? Yeah. We really have to simplify because I think we, like, it's, this is this is a form of anxiety in itself because we overcomplicate it to the stage it overwhelms us. Mm-hmm. So if we can remove the overcomplication and just take that first step, mm-hmm. and then look at the next step instead of looking fifty steps ahead and going, too hard basket, I'm out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Actually, you remind me of um, a couple of my clients, actually. So I'm big on pushing them for doing things that mm. feeds their soul. So one of them in particular, she's been with me for 18 months, pretty much from the beginning now, and suffered quite badly with her mental health. Mm. Didn't do much self-care. Didn't do anything that really brought her fun and excitement. And I was like, what do you love doing, Ashley? Like, what do you love doing? What excites you? What's fun for you? Mm. She's like, well, I'm really, I'm actually really good at crafts. And I, and I love doing crafts and making signs. And, you know, she showed me some of these. She's from America. So she showed me like a sign that she made for the fall and, nice. and the seasons. And I was like, okay, so can we put an hour aside a week to do this? Yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah. And the compounding effect of just doing something that feels good. Mm. If, like if anything this is like the biggest message i want people to take away from this episode is like when you follow that feel good feeling you don't know where it's going to lead you yeah yeah so ashley was doing these designs doing these crafts then people started to notice what she was doing she's now got a business <laughs> selling her crafts wow yeah there you go yeah and it just started from doing something for the pure enjoyment of enjoyment. doing it yeah and now it's a business of hers and she's got long-term plans of how she's going to grow that um but i'm grateful for you coming up no thank you so much it's been so much fun thank you so much don't just talk it walk it walk is only don't just talk it walk it